Hi, it's Steve, and I'm sharing what I've learned after creating 50-plus podcast episodes. After my top-rated morning show was canceled during radio's pandemic panic downsizing, I decided to launch a hyper-local interview podcast. It's been a great way to stay in touch with former listeners and the many community leaders and friends who visited my studio over 24 years. Here's what I have learned during the creation of over 50 podcast episodes, including those for interprep.com. First, plan for consistency. There are something like 2.4 million podcasts out there, but less than 10% have been updated in the past month. If you're planning a hobby podcast, set a realistic publishing schedule that allows you to be consistent. My podcast launched as a weekly and kept me hopping. It's on break right now, but when it returns, I'm thinking of releasing a new episode every two weeks. Number two, it takes six hours to create an episode. Now, you can record, edit, and upload an episode in a couple of hours, but my six-hour estimate includes everything. Most of my local podcast episodes begin as a 60-minute in-person or Zoom interview. After the episode is recorded, there is editing, previewing, re-editing, creating show notes, creating social media images and posts, and in between each of these steps, I'm lining up guests for future episodes. Three, have six episodes produced before you release the first one. This is especially important if you're doing a weekly podcast. After episode one uploads, the clock is ticking. Having six in the can helps you get ahead and stay ahead in case something unexpected comes up and you can't do anything podcast-related for a week or more. Number four, don't overthink the audio. The reason phone interviews on radio are acceptable is simple. Our brains adapt very nicely to iffy sound quality. Put more time into interesting and engaging content than into creating some near-perfect audio space that's of little importance to the person out for a run on a busy street. For example, while there are a number of higher-quality options for remote guest audio, Zoom is good enough. And because half the planet has used Zoom during the pandemic, it's an app your guests are familiar with. By the way, for recording on my MacBook, I use something called Audio Hijack, which records my mic in one file and the guest audio in another. And when I bring the tracks into my digital audio workstation, I'm able to tweak them individually. Number five, guests don't know anything about interview audio. Even guests who proudly proclaim they are experienced at remote interviews rarely know how to set everything up properly. It's always a good idea to talk by phone with your guest a few days before your interview to learn what setup they have. For example, sometimes corded earbuds with a built-in mic is better than the mic built into a USB webcam. One of my guests had no mic, no earbuds, no headset, but her laptop's built-in microphone was quite good. And because we weren't using Zoom video, I asked her to set her computer on a short stack of books, and it was closer to her face, and she sounded pretty good. Number six, turn off video. Without the distraction of having to look at a camera, I can focus on the conversation, I can take edit notes, and I can jot down additional questions on the fly. Number seven, make it easy for your guests. What works best for them? In person? Zoom? On the phone in the front seat of their car? None of my guests are authors, film directors, or musicians promoting a project. They're doing me a favor, so I make it easy for them. Number eight, don't build on rented land. You're going to need a podcast host, but you don't want to put your hosted URL in your show notes and on social media, because if you change hosts, all of your links and all of your older episodes and all of your posts are going to be mostly useless. So register a web domain and set up a basic website with WordPress or Squarespace or Wix. This will be your forever home for show notes, contact information, podcast episodes, if you like. And by the way, for my podcast host, I use Buzzsprout, and I'm very happy. Happy with them, and I'll put a link in the show notes. 
Okay, number nine is get a Shure microphone, S-H-U-R-E. Radio has always trusted the Shure SM7 microphone, and it's now used in many podcast and YouTube creator studios. But the SM7 is XLR only, which means you'll need an interface or a podcast recorder, and it's also a bit pricey. My podcast setup is simpler and cheaper. The Shure MV7 is kind of new, but it has both USB and XLR outputs. I use the USB output to go right into my MacBook. And a side note, if you buy the MV7, you don't need to install Shure's software since your digital audio workstation will have all the tools you need for making your audio sound great. Number 10, you don't need a top-of-the-line digital audio workstation. So in the beginning, I used Adobe Audition because it was the only audio editing software I knew, but it's not cheap, especially for a hobbyist podcaster. I did try Audacity, which is free, but it was very clunky. So currently, I use Hindenburg Pro. It has most of the features I need, and the monthly fee is very reasonable. And number 11... No one cares about your podcast. Sorry, but it's true. Just telling friends, family, and your social media followers you're doing a podcast doesn't mean they'll listen, at least not beyond the first episode. It can be discouraging, but if you stay focused on your niche and you remain consistent, word will get out and people will tune in and even go back to earlier episodes to hear what they missed. So stay with it. So what have you learned? If you have a podcast, let me know. And if you have a question about launching a podcast, feel free to reach out. My email is steve at interprep.com. I'm Steve. We do show prep at interprep.com. And I'd like to send it to you free five days a week. Sign up at interprep.com slash free. Have a great show. And I'll talk to you soon.